You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. and we have another quiz question. Number four, the penultimate, your favourite word. <laughs> the penultimate question of the day. Here we go. What name is commonly given to the first five books of the oh. Old Testament? In fact, uh, I studied a unit and I, I completed that unit yes. uh, last semester. I studied the, and the unit was literally just called this. Yes. What is the name commonly given to refer to the first five books of the Old Testament? Testament. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you go into the short, sh- into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week, which is the Bible Challenge card game as well as the Bible Quiz Show. So both are actually quite thick, really. This, oh, that's like, what I was saying. There's like heaps, in heaps there. of stuff in here. Really great. So basically, these are quiz yep. books and quiz games about the Bible, which you can use either in your church or with your family, or with friends. Friends, um, to help you not only to have lots of fun and spend time with people, but also so that you can get sharper on oh, yes. what, what the Bible says. And you can know the answers to like every quiz we ever do. And it means when people ask you questions about the Bible and things, you just know them so much yeah. better to answer. You and of course, you, it's rather than giving your own opinion when something is based on the Bible, of course, the Bible is truth. You know, it says your word is truth, and it's just so important that it, it can't shake, and it makes people then think oh, in that space of going further into knowing to want Jesus more. So right now, I'm writing an essay, and ah. it is I'm doing an exegesis on First Corinthians fifteen fifty through to fifty eight. Oh, that's is is such a good passage, such an amazing passage. Yeah, now, now this I say by the word of the Lord. You know, we shall not all sleep, but we shall yeah. all be changed. Like it's all about salvation. All become incorruptible. And so yeah. I've borrowed all these common. Terry's and I'm reading all these journals about it because I'm writing an exegesis, so you're going to have at least 12 to 15 references, that mm. kind of thing. And it's going to be a really good work. Hopefully, I'm going to put, put time into it and it's going to come out well. But um, yeah, I was reading a bunch of commentaries and they were really good and they would have like the portion of the verse and then what's believed about the verse and da da da. But I was reading one commentary and it was just like the person just like wrote the kind of he wrote the topic of the verse instead of the verse itself and then just wrote yep. a bunch of things that he thought about it rather than referencing the Bible and using biblical evidence. Yep. And I was like, this is useless. Like, this yeah. is... And I just put it back. Like, it is in the library there. You know, it's amongst... Uh, they have a diverse range of literature in the Avondale Library. So, you know, mm. you can see p- different things from different perspectives. And I'm just like, this isn't even based on the Bible. This is wow. useless. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... Because in academic writing, you can actually kind of get away with that. But then at the same time, I'm just like, who cares? Like, who cares what this person has to say? Not that I hate them or whatever. Like, I really care what people have to say. But if it's not an argument that's based on the Bible, mm. then I'm just like, what's the point? And so for, for all of us, like there is such a need for biblical literacy to know what's in the Bible, to see what's happening there uh, so that we can know God's word and we can stand in truth. Like oh, so stand, and Especially on this particular topic, because there's so much confusion about the state of the dead, isn't it? About the state of the and, dead, and, the second coming. Uh, absolutely. And and this, this passage combines all of those together that you've mm. just mentioned. And I love that verse, you know, death is swallowed 
swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Yeah, like, you know, oh, grave, where is your victory? You know, yeah. sort of thing. And it's just so beautiful. But, you know, I've used this one several times in fu- at funeral services and the impact it's had on non-believers that are mm. listening to this is just huge. And, you know, mm. it unpacks a whole lot of questions that people then want answered. But, you know, just Paul writes this just so fabulously, unpacks it. And yeah. this is like, there's no denying of what, what it means about second coming and the yeah, state that's of the right. dead, you and, know. And obviously up until this point, particularly in First Corinthians 15, he's been making this argument about against people who deny the resurrection, yes. particularly the Gnostics who yes. were like, oh, Jesus didn't really die and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, like... Guys, like yeah. Jesus' death and resurrection, it is the solution to every yeah. it, it is the solution to the problem of sin, guys. Like we've Jesus has solved it. Jesus has solved it. Absolutely. And we get to accept it and, and he's explaining that to people. He's like, You guys have hope, you guys have a oh, future, you have belief. Blessed it's, hope. It's a, it is a powerful passage. And then yeah, this guy's just like writing all this random stuff about it and just not even referencing the Bible, not oh, making any biblical. Okay. I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put that I put that bit back. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't borrow that one. I'm like, oh, I don't yeah, need this. So yeah. But again, what I really love too is that, you know, Paul says earlier in the, in that space of what you're saying, you know, that they didn't believe in the resurrection, he's saying, like, you know, if you don't believe in the uh, resurrection of the dead, then it means that Christ is not risen. What does That's that right. mean for us? That means we've got no saviour. It means there's no hope of eternal life. It's just like, yeah. it just keeps going, hey, in a beautiful way. Hey, so awesome. Yeah, we've got some great text messages coming through. Do you want to read the one from Wayne, please? Yeah, he said, I always believed Okinawa had the longest living people on earth through my martial arts, but because of the atomic bomb in Japan, uh, this will probably, you know, affect them and it, the area will be contaminated forever. And yeah, well, that's the unfortunate side effect of, you know, the, the bomb blowing up there. And Okinawa was particularly smashed in World War Two because it was really mm. seen by the Americans as their entry point to Japan. Yes, if they could take Okinawa, establish a base, and then if they invaded, then they were going to come out of Okinawa and, and, and invade onto the mainland. But uh, they didn't end up doing that because they dropped two bombs. So, so mm. yeah, but it's unfortunate. Now, Okinawa itself, again, is a part Part of the the blue zones and it and it just represents a place where like i love i loved what you highlighted about the okinawa people how they're like getting standing up and sitting down and standing up and then oh, all the all the time and they're just full of happiness they yeah. said you know life is full of happiness you can't look back on what happened back all those years mm-hmm. ago in okinawa they said you just got to get up and keep going yeah. you know but what we and see there do. is like incidental exercise Ex- they're like yeah. our <laughs> lifestyle promotes movement which is like so key like i feel like in the western Mm. world like our our jobs and whatnot unless you're working in a trade or something like Mm. that our jobs and our diet it's kind of like you it's like half the time you're doing things that are really unhealthy and bad for you and the other half of the times you're doing good things that are good for you whereas it seems like in a place like okinawa they've been able to fuse that together they don't have to they don't necessarily have to go like oh work-life balance in terms of you know making sure that they're getting enough exercise and whatnot outside of their working environment mm. they're just like oh it's a part of it like we, it- we just we just do we just everything we do is just they're healthy because it's the lifestyle we live. You know, and one of the things too that, that Dan, this guy actually um, highlights is that happiness is such a big part because like, like we've been saying, that holistic approach is really crucial. So mm. it brings happiness, but the socialization that they have with family and friends and looking after each other. Um, and also one thing that, that was brought up about Sardinia is that there are no nursing homes in the area. Wow. 
No nursing homes. Why? Because these people actually have to go up three flights of stairs. They still do it. 90 go <laughs> There's up, no elevators. Up, well, actually, the streets are elevated. You know, they're on a hill. Like, yeah. So they're going. It, he said it's not all flat. And then, then they've got to go three flights of stairs up and everything. But also mm. on top of that, they're surrounded by family and friends that look after them right to the very end. But here's the thing. They have quality of life right to the very end, which is fabulous. But also like what, you know, Jennifer Skew said, and she'll be on again tomorrow on our interview but she said you know the other week um the happiness when we actually have a happy heart and we are happy we live longer too and this Mm. is what of course so all of these things are all packaged in together in that amazing sort of way and i love that hey david also says here david writes in a glorious 6 a.m of western of western australia to the blessed breakfast crew from david at clarkson sda yeah fellowship thanks again david 6 a.m you're a faithful listener um, at 6 a.m in the morning we're going to be having you know daylight saving coming in soon too so there's going to be some changes with all of that too Mm. So we'll be an hour ahead of Queensland. Uh, what does it become? Then it becomes, I think, three hours difference with Western Australia, doesn't it, or something? And so does Western Australia have daylight savings? Oh, they, they, I don't know. Maybe, maybe David can let us know. Maybe, maybe they don't. But yeah. oh, that's that's intense. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be an early start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you like daylight savings, Danuta? I don't. You don't like it? No. I mean, every now and then I do, but I find like I, I like the kind of times that are now because it makes you stop that little bit earlier too. Yeah. Whereas, I, you know, daylight saving makes you kind of keep on going until like the eight thirty nine o'clock mm-hmm. through the right day rather than winding down earlier. So, I yeah, w- I mean, Queensland doesn't have it and they're the ones that are the sunshine state. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's where the beaches are. That's where you want to go on a right. summer's night. I think I loved daylight savings when I was a kid because it meant that I could do more stuff after school. Like it was like daylight savings came in and I'm like, I can, I, you know, I can do so many activities before the sun goes down, you know, and then you have to go inside. Uh, but but as an adult, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty inconsequential, to be honest. Like, I guess there's more stuff that you can do, but hey, such is life. Hey, text us in. Let us know if you like daylight saving, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, 0491064669. David says, definitely, definitely not. not. There's no <laughs> daylight savings <laughs> in Western Australia. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Hey, it's come time for us to go into our Bible study time, our encounter with God time. And, of course, this week we're just doing a quick overview again of each of the chapters of uh, the book of Ephesians. We've been unpacking it for the last few weeks in a lot of detail. Um, and, of course, in Ephesians chapter 2, and as we mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1, it's very much about being in Christ, in Christ. And then chapter 2 really looks at, um, you know, by grace through faith. And, of course, uh, verse 8 in chapter 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of mm. yourselves. It is the gift of God. This is one of my absolute favorite mm. verses. And as I mentioned, you know, some time ago when I've shared my story, that this was a huge turning point for me, this particular mm. verse, reading this. I still remember and I can still picture it as I'm saying it right here now that I was by the bedside uh, in my in the nurse's um, residence um, at Liverpool Hospital. I was working as a speech pathologist at the time overseas and I was just really, you know, just spending that hour and more of, of time with God 
God a day and trying to build that mm. living relationship with Jesus. And this verse literally jumped out at me. And I just remember the tears poured down and just saying, Lord, forgive me for having to, you know, for, for getting this all wrong in, wow. in believing in works-based salvation. Cause mm. when you believe in works-based salvation, it means that, that, that the necessity of Jesus dying on the cross is completely annulled because wow. you're working your own way to heaven. And I just remember getting on my knees. Just give me a moment. I just remember getting on my knees and just crying and just saying to God, forgive me. Mm. Forgive me for what I have done. Forgive me for the way that I have seen um, you and your word in such a wrong way. And I just then praised God. I just praised him that basically I am saved by grace through Jesus Christ um, by having faith in him for what mm. he has done because he loves me so much. And if you are listening on the other end today and you don't know you know, your, your future, you don't have the assurance of your direction and your purpose in life, Jesus is your answer. We want to challenge you to give Jesus a go in every sort of way. Mm. And so the beautiful thing is that with Jesus, of course, and we're going to be unpacking this, is that with kings and queens on the earth, they were, they were, have sinful and messy past wow. and that, you know, that humanity tends to elevate, you know, um, kings in every, and queens in every way to almost a divine sort of place. And so we want to unpack some of, you know, through some of these cultures of, of how they saw that and contrast that with Jesus, um, and how he came to this end of the earth as our king. But how is just completely, you know, the opposite to the way that humanity has done it? Yeah, absolutely. Powerful stuff, firstly, Danuta. And thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I think those moments, you know, where people, where you realize, like, I am a sinner in oh, need of a savior. In need of a savior. It, it is it is life changing. It is heart changing. It is direction changing. Like it, it's powerful stuff. And again, yeah, oh. thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, mm. and, uh, you know, we pray and we hope that those listening to Faith of Him experience that too, experience the love of a savior who's given everything for us and stands now as our king. Oh, as, as our king. As the king of the universe, the one yeah. who, no, it's, he's in the, the highest places. That's right. Know, the king who leads roles. the battle and, and particularly. Particularly as we work our way, and we're, we're doing an overview this week of Ephesians and what we've been over this this whole last three months before we move into our next study. But looking particularly at Ephesians chapter 2, and in the first couple of verses here, when it talks about the kingdom mm. um, that Christ has come to set up and his, his way of doing things, his authority you know, in, in terms of the way that he's working and whatnot. And particularly comparing it to like what was happening at the time around Christ in which Paul is writing this. You know, if you look at the particularly the, the Babylonians and the Assyrians and whatnot, like that ancient Near Eastern paganism. Yes. They often ascribe some level of divinity to their kings. And in fact, it's right at the root and the heart of paganism to do that because the the original paganism that was created, which is not the Neo-Babylonian uh, empire that we saw with Nebuchadnezzar and whatnot, but the original Babylonian empire and, and the you know post-Tower of Babel when we see Nimrod and Ishtar, like these these old world figures where essentially this, this, essentially this story went. So Nimrod dies. These yeah. two guys, named, uh, this, this couple, Nimrod and Ishtar, and mm. they're ruling in Mesopotamia. Nimrod dies. Mm. And because Nimrod dies, you know, 
it's it's a unfortunate situation, and now Ishtar's ruling the kingdom, and then all of a sudden she falls pregnant mm. after Nimrod's death, mm. and that is scandalous. You know, absolutely that's, that's, scandalous in those days. That's that's uh, an issue, and particularly like it's not just because like obviously within Christianity and, and cheating and whatnot. But again, these people are ancient Near Eastern. It's a big part of the culture, uh, you know, to, to monogamy and whatnot. Anyways, uh, Ishtar gets pregnant, even though Nimrod's dead. And so she creates a story that Nimrod is actually in the sun. Yeah. He, his soul <laughs> yeah. has gone to the sun and the mm. sun has impregnated. And Nimrod through the sun has impregnated me. And this is like where... A lot paganism. of paganism mm. and, and that sense of like impregnation really and whatnot and, yeah. and fertile That's symbology right. and, and fertile rites and that kind of thing came from. And so Ishtar's like, oh, you know, I've been impregnated by Nimrod who's in the sun. And then she gives birth to Tamas, who she says is a son who's like, immaculately concepted and, and whatnot. And, and so, yeah, that, that's like originally the idea of like the cult of the, the worship of those in authority, particularly after mm. they died. Mm. And this was actually at the time that Ephesians is being written was inherited by the Roman empire. Very so, much, yes. So, there was a guy, his name was Julius Caesar, very yes. famous. He takes over and becomes the ruler of, you know, Rome goes from a republic to an empire. Yes. And he, Julius Caesar takes over, but then he's assassinated in, in 44 BC. He is assassinated. And the question is, well, who's going to rule for him? He didn't have like a, a, an appropriate heir, a rightful heir that would take over his crown. And so instead, before he died, he had this adopted son. His name was Gaius Octavius, but later called Caesar Augustus. And Caesar Augustus became the emperor instead of Mark Anthony. You know, there's a bit of, bit of, bit yep. of like they, they were working together and then there was a little bit of beef, but Augustus ends up becoming the the heir of the throne and becomes the emperor of uh, of Rome. That's right. And Caesar Augustus, he goes to one of the priests. Again, this is during their pagan Roman era. Goes to one of the priests and he says, "Let's make Julius Caesar god." Mm. This is right at the beginning of his ruling. There, he says, "Let's make Julius Caesar god," and. The priests are kind of like, why? And they're like, oh, well, this is a common religious practice, da-da-da-da. Anyway, they make Julius Caesar God, and then Caesar Augustus, Gaius Octavius, he comes out to the crowd, uh, you know, he, dre- he addresses the, the Senate, he addresses all the people, and he yep. says, I am Caesar Augustus, yep. the son of God. Mm. And it's like, whoa, yeah. hectic. And, it's, and so often when you're reading the Bible – and particularly reading the writings of Paul, and you read that he's making these proclamations he that Jesus re- is the right. true Son of God. True Son of God. It yeah, that's falls right. at odds with you know the Roman Empire. It was, it was a very countercultural thing. Like a, if someone reading very. this at the time would say, "Wait, you know, because we know that the Caesars proclaim themselves as God, but this person is proclaiming themselves as the Son of God, absolutely." Which furthermore proclaims Jesus as the true King of yeah. the universe. Like when Paul writes in the beginning of the book of Romans, the beginning of the book of Ephesians, like the true son of God, he's saying saying he's the real son of God and the real king of the world. That's right. The real king of the universe. Like that's who Jesus is. And thankfully, the principles of his kingdom are... 
unlike those of the Roman Empire, were not built on works, as the, you said, And they Danuta. weren't built on hierarchy either. Yeah. No, weren't on, on works or hierarchy mm. at, at all. They were built on grace. And so when we read these passages, you know, Jesus is the king of the universe. He's the son of God. When we read through Ephesians chapter 1, then we come to Ephesians chapter 2, and it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like what is being prescribed here is a way that is completely countercultural to what was happening at the time amongst the Jews, amongst the Romans. It's, hey, you are a citizen, not of the Roman Empire. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven with a king who is not looking upon you, looking for for work. He's not looking upon you, looking for you to, to live up to, you know, what he needs you to mm. be, but rather he has created you and he will do a powerful work through you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Danuta and myself, Lawson, and we are going to have one final clue for the quiz. Here we go, guys. Get ready to send your answers in. This is a fill in the blank. There's just one blanked out word here. Tell us what it is. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an blank with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's First John chapter 2 and verse 1. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669. What is that blank again? My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an blank with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's such a John cool verse. chapter 2, verse 1. Oh, powerful such stuff. A, such a good verse in every way. Hey? Absolutely. We've got a, a few text messages here. We're oh, gonna, many. We're going to leave some for our text message section in, yep. in our next segment. But we've got this one here from Greg. He says, thanks, Faith FM, for Jennifer Schwerzer prize book on joy. It's so... Good. Oh, we're just really happy, Greg, that you're really, really enjoying it and that our free, it just goes to show again, doesn't it, that our freebies here that we give out on Friday, well, Fridays and also as in from the, from the spinning the wheel and also mm. our freebies at the end of each day. Um, mm. basically are making a difference in the homes. Yeah, it's actually cool to see this because Greg himself, when he, I remember when he won this book, he was like, oh, I was really praying that I would win. I yeah, felt yeah, really right. called to to get this one and now it's come to him and he's really being blessed by it. So praise God. Again, that question was, fill in the blank, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an blank with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. First John chapter 2 and verse 1. 0491 Hey, just before we went to our song, hey. Yeah, we yeah, actually, we're talking we're, about the Bible. We're talk, <laughs> we're we're about. Talk, and we're unpacking about the history of things, you know, and also how, of course, you know, in the Neo-Babylonian days and, and that, you know, they called, called their kings the great king, the mighty king, king of the universe. You were talking about Augustus Caesar as in well the, and yeah. how he claimed the throne, you know, instead of... Um, well, he claimed to be the son of God. He, that's he, right. When he replaced Julius Caesar and he was kind of Julius Caesar's adopted son, and he, he basically, he went and got Julius 
venerated as a god, and then he was like, "I am the son of God," yeah. and it really worked for him. Like it, people, the the like empirical like cult, the empire like worship cult of a divinize Augustus. Like it was very effective at getting people on his side. But what's interesting is that Tiberius, who's you know then came in after Augustus. That's right. Tiberius actually refused to be worshipped as a living God. He's like, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not like the son of the son of God. Like, uh, I, Even yeah. though Augustus was like, that, I'm, I'm a God. Right. Tiberius right. was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. But at this time, like these guys are contemporaries ultimately with Jesus, the son of God. Well, and Augustus Caesar was, of course, reigning at the time when Jesus was born. In fact, mm. we find that in the passage of Luke when, of course, there's the census and they need to go in, um, you know, to Bethlehem basically, um, you know, for, for the census as well. But we want to contrast this, of course, this whole picture of, you know, the kings and queens and how, uh, you know, how and how they were sinners and, of course, how, how they claimed themselves in different ways and everything. Contrast that now with Jesus, the true mm. king, the mm. true son of God, came down from heaven. Um, and he would say, of course, I'm about my father's business. Mm. And he who has seen me has seen the father. But here's the thing is, of course, Jesus was equal to father. He became human. Of course, John chapter 1 talks about him being the incarnate. John John 1.14 says, and he, be, and, the, and he became flesh. The word became flesh mm. and became one of us. And then Philippians, actually, if we just quickly go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11, of course, um, well, it talks about him humbling himself. Yeah, he became a servant of God. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but became, um, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men, found in the appearance mm. of man, um, man, humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, what we mm. need to remember here is that he went to the lowest of lowest. He didn't go like, you know, I'm a king like these other kings, you know, to the going to the highest of highest. He actually came to the lowest level, to that of the bond service. He humbled himself. And then he suffered the death on the cross, of course, which was for, you know, the the death that was reserved for those who were the worst criminals. Mm. So here's somebody who is perfect in every way, who has never been a criminal, who has never sinned, and he suffers the death of the worst of criminals in every mm. way. Hey, And, of course, the only sign that we actually have there of, of him being king as such as in the sign that is written is the one as when he's crucified and it says uh, king of the Jews. Uh, so, yeah, here's Jesus, the king of the Jews, yeah. right? That is the time that is mentioned him as being king. Yeah. Right? Quite a contrast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, they're, they've got this sign up there essentially to to mock him like to make to make fun of him like oh here is your king and it was even a symbol it's like this person claiming to be king but it's like oh look at what we can do to to your king the king of the jews supposedly we can hang him on a cross but it's so interesting again just thinking about augustus caesar and and whatnot and and they their political move maneuverings to essentially enable themselves to be in the position to be Caesar. Yeah, move themselves be, into those positions. Yeah, whereas, again, for Jesus, like, the people were very intent on actually crowning him king earlier in his ministry when he's, like, feeding thousands of people and resurrecting people from the dead. Like, he had great opposition from the Pharisees. He had great opposition from those in political power in Israel because they yeah. felt threatened. But the people... 
Yeah. The people were so rich because they're like, this so person rich. can literally prove. He was prove, approachable. He was lovable. But furthermore, he, he can prove his like actual divine power through like real miracles that were going through him. And, and again, like not that he was relying on his divine, uh, his, uh, divine power, but relying rather on the power of God. But people are seeing like, we need to make this guy king because yeah. he's so legit. Like he's so Yo. legitimately like supernatural. Like we've never seen anything like this before. Yet Jesus denies, again, the person who is most deserving to be king he denies his kingship while on this earth so that he could die for you and for me well, and to live a, a life of toil uh, and hardship. hundred percent. Hey, and that's why in Ephesians, if we come back to that, you know, that verse for we are by, by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's the gift of God. But then it goes further, of course, in Ephesians 11 is about the fact that we've been brought near to God mm. by the blood of Jesus Christ and mm. that we actually have peace in Christ. And so that we have actually been redeemed for community. We've mm. actually been re- redeemed individually, but we've been therefore redeemed mm. to be in community, to be united as one because it's that whole vertical relationship with God and the horizontal relationship that is important in every way. But in verse 13 of chapter 2, Ephesians says, but but now, but now. So earlier we read in, uh, in the start of chapter 2, but God, now it's like, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood Mm. of Christ. Brought near. And then it says, for he himself is our peace. He made both one and has broken down the wall of separation. And it says, you know, um, that basically that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore therefore putting the death, putting um, to death the enmity and came and preached Mm. peace to you who were far off and those who were near for through him, we have access by one spirit Mm. to the Father. Just powerful, absolutely beautiful words. What a contrast to the kings of this earth that we have this mighty Jesus who is our saviour, who is now interceding on our behalf, who is our advocate, who is our high priest, who is our friend, who is our brother in every way. Yeah, and who has given us everything. Everything. So that we can experience salvation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're having a good time here on the show and it's all gone all too fast, but we're going to give mm-hmm. you the answers to our quiz questions. Take it away, please, Lawson. Yeah, absolutely. Who was not present when the other apostles saw Jesus had risen from the dead? It was Thomas. Thomas wasn't present. Yeah. And then the apostles are like, Thomas, dude, we got to tell you, bro, like, like straight up, like, the 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 whole like it's it's right Thomas like he's resurrected and Thomas Thomas is like like, unless I feel the holes in his hand unless I feel the holes in his hand I don't believe you and then Jesus shows up and he's like yo check this out that's right (laughs) he says blessed are those who believe and have not seen but you have seen yeah that's that's right. right And that verse in John, he says, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So 
True or false, Goliath was seven cubits tall. He was actually six cubits and a span, which is nine feet, six inches. Bro <laughs> needs to be in the NBA. Just that a little bit. crazy. Just a bit short of the that seven cubits. That is crazy. How many demons did Jesus drive out of Mary Magdalene? Seven. Seven. Praise God. Mm. And she ended up you know, being a follower, being a, a disciple. Absolutely, in every way. What name is commonly given to the first five books of the Old Testament? So the answer here was either Torah, Torah or... Or Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Yeah, so I did a class which was called Torah and, and mine, Pentateuch. And, and mine was called Pentateuch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's, it's basically that. Um, fill in the blank finally. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's First John chapter 2 and verse 1. And that blank, of course, was advocate. So congratulations mm. to everyone who got questions correct. I have a bunch of text messages here from Well, Do you want to read that one from Hannah? Yeah, Hannah says, I definitely don't like day- daylight saving and check that out. She's actually given us some websites to look at here. One of the few studies showing increase in acute myocardial infarction when daylight saving starts. There you go. And she also says further, um, here's another on, on the impacts. Thought if you'd actually Sorry, thought if you're in good health, that helps a lot. So yeah. she actually gives the websites there. Oh, and man. So, yeah. We're definitely into good health. That is surprising yeah. because, because obviously, like, nothing actually changes when daylight savings comes on. You just shift the clock. You just shift the clock and your whole but, body's got to adjust to it somehow with the change. <laughs> ultimately, I guess what that change represents is that you have to stay up longer in, in this. There's more work hours in the sunlight, which is causing these problems. I haven't read these studies. I think they would be they'd be really interesting. But uh yeah, Hannah, thank you for sending those ones. And the interesting in. thing is like back in the olden days, like you know, uh, like you know, horse and carriage days and all these things, they actually rose with the sunrise and they went to bed with the sunset. Mm. We've got electricity now, so we extend all of that so much longer. Yeah. So everything then gets delayed. So I wonder if how much of it is because of the extra sunlight as well or the fact that we then shift everything till later in the night as well and everyone goes to bed a whole lot later. Oh, 100%. Dude, like, and okay, I'm going to speak anecdotally here. So I lived in Europe for a couple of years and I live specifically in Spain where they have like midday siesta and then they go to bed at like midnight every night. Like they have mm, dinner at like 10pm. Like Greece and all those places so in So late. And honestly, everyone looked older there. Everyone looked older than their age. Like they just did. They all looked older than what I would think they were. It's like, oh, I'm 25. And I'm like, man, this person looks... 30 yeah. at least like <laughs> like it's just there's just something about it I, I was i was i was really uh i was really surprised but hey just awesome awesome stuff hey we've got another text message here from david he writes i love this book that i got from the faith from faith fm the bible marking guy by john Edhart. and uh yeah just you know putting a number of verses there some really interesting stuff but yeah awesome awesome stuff there as well so guys thank you for sending in a bunch of text messages a bunch of correct answers for the quiz as well and hey continue to send your text in and play the quiz throughout the week so that you can go 
in for our amazing prizes for this week, which were which was the Bible Quiz Show book as well as the Bible Challenge Card game. Both of these awesome to increase your knowledge of the Bible. Listening to The Breakfast Show, we'll come to the end of our show all too quickly. We've got a couple of quick text messages to read out. Get your phones ready, though, on 0491 to text in the word book. Lawson's going to give us the free giveaway shortly. But here we go from Sherry. Sherry says, I don't get the morning show till 7 a.m. Uh, don't like daylight savings. Bless you all, Sherry. Thanks so much, Sherry. Well, and look, uh, we actually, actually start... just before you continue, I'm I'm a little bit confused we on that text actually message. Actually, start because at we we seven. start at seven a.m. So that's right. If you're getting the breakfast show at seven a.m., that means you're right on time. So maybe it'll change for you because of daylight savings because you're yes. not in a daylight savings. That's right. Time so it'll it'll shift for you. That's yeah, that's right. So, so you're gonna have to just hook in that little bit earlier or something. Hey, mm. um, Valmay. I won a King James Study Bible quite a while ago. It hasn't come yet. I was wondering how much longer or is there a problem? Val, may we just want to say sorry for the delay. There is a backlog with the order with the King James Study Bible, so we won't actually be giving yeah. those out for a little while, so we apologize for that. That is the reason for the delay. But we want to congratulate you too because you done a, have done a quick clean sweep today yeah, Val, of clean five sweet. answers, all correct today, Val, may Congratulations to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you, with the sheep securely fold you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.